Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. He's like sewing like artifacts into his clothes, into his costumes to like feel more, I don't know, feel more Nick Cage. Have you ever met him? No, I never want to meet him. <laughs> you don't want to meet no. him? No. Why? Everyone's got to think. Who, what, where? This is the Fanatics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nicholas Cage. No, that's not Nick Cage. That's just me, David Magadoff, doing a funny Nick Cage impression. I'm here with my actual real co-host, Miss Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. How long did it take you to perfect the, the Nick Cage voice? That's very good. Any good impression should really just take about three minutes on a YouTube clip. This is why you're a talented comedian, and I'm just an actor. <laughs> just a wonderful actor and a fantastic co-host. By the way, guys, if you enjoy the Fanatics podcast, we're saying it right at the top. Feel free to five stars it up wherever you are. Like, subscribe, share, any of those verbs. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And as you probably already know, today's topic is the one, the only, Nicholas Cage. And we have on with us the one, the only, Maria Thayer, yes, a wonderful actress and comedian. You know her from Strangers with Candy, Eagle Heart, The Mindy Project, Comedy Bang Bang, You're the Worst, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Table 19, so much more. She's also a co-executive producer and writer on Liza On Demand. Uh, and I had her out for my improv show ages ago where she talked about uh, her uh, her past and most wonderful and most interesting relationship with Mr. David Harbour. But that is a story for another day. She is... So great and so funny, isn't she, Claire? She is so funny and so sweet and just seems like one of those people that you, like, I just kind of want to hang out with her. You know what I mean? Like, just seems really, really cool. So I'm not surprised you're friends, David. Not surprised at all. You know, you attract the good ones, the good peeps out there in the world. She is a good peep. She's just, and you'll hear it in just a second. I think the thing that's so uh, charming about her, and I think this is why why she works so much, even though she lives like a smaller life and, and keep things kind of, you know, manageable, she would say, and why she likes people like Nick Cage is because mm -hmm. they're so big. But I think she's a bigger personality than you think. When she gets into something, as you could see, she's just so wonderfully into it. And I think there's such a charm and such a, a magnetization and attractiveness to that. And I think that's why she's put in so many projects. I still remember her from a 30 Rock episode ages ago where she just played this, like, you know, young Kenneth-like, uh, funny, exciting 
over eager young woman and, and that's who she is she is just so when she's into something she's so into it I think we have to be reminded, uh, and thank you, Maria, for reminding us that it's cool to be into shit. So uh, please enjoy this wonderful episode where a really cool person is really into the shit that is Nicolas Cage. All right, Maria, we know you like Nick Cage, but would you say he's a national treasure? (laughs) I would say that. I would say that. He's an artistic, probably global treasure. Would you say he's a national treasure too? (laughs) (laughs) I love that, David. That's phenomenal. Maria, what is it about Nick Cage that you are fanatical about? Give us your insight into the NZ. Well, I just, you know, I'm not somebody, I'm an actor, but I'm not like, I'm not like a huge movie buff or anything. And, you know, the people that I loved as kids were like Emma Thompson. They were like Kate, uh, Kate Winslet. Like, and I still love them. It was, you know, all these like British dames. But recently I watched Pig, that movie with Nicolas Cage. Yes, last year. Yeah, it's about his love for a pet pig. It's like, first of all, how'd this get made? But it probably just got made because Nicholas Cage wanted to do it. And anything that he wants to do, you would throw money at. Because so then I so then a friend of mine uh, who I watched Pig with, he was like, you have to read this article, this uh, this interview with Nick Cage. And in it, he sort of talks about like how he has no impulse to be realistic in any of his jobs. You know, he doesn't. He's always doing like some like, like, you know, porky pig, like say his version of like the Energizer Bunny or some something that he chooses. So when you know that every single movie you watch of him, he's so bizarre. He's just a commitment to the bizarre that I just find so uh, exciting in a movie star. You're enthralled. I also don't really, (laughs) even as an actor, I don't really know what good acting is. You know what I mean? Like it can yes. be anything. It could be tiny, one tier, <laughs> or it could be enormous. I, you don't, it, you don't know. And and it's subjective, is it's what you're so saying. Subjective. It is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, I really like anything in theater. If anyone's, I, I really have a hard time when I go to see plays with people. They'll be like, "Oh, that person's bad." I don't. I never think anyone's bad. Never. Even if they forgot their lines, I probably would still think that they, it was like an exciting thing to see. I totally agree with you. I, I'd be like the worst critic ever because I love everything. Like I'm like, it, it was great. I can find something good in everything. But that being said, Nick Cage movies are pretty great. I mean, Raising Arizona. I mean, there he's done some bad. I mean, you know, he had this whole. Um, he owed a lot of money. I think he was going to go bankrupt. And instead of going big, and I think it was because he was like buying like dinosaur skulls and like huge pieces of land in like Rhode Island. It was just like the weirdest shit that he was spending all his money on. But instead of going bankrupt, he was like, no, I'm just going to do every single movie that comes to me. Like video, like video on demand movies he would do. And he, he, he says he says, and I believe him, that he always cared and he always put all of himself in these like shitty movies. And it's really impressive. What was the beginning point for you? What was 
Patient Zero. What was the movie that you think you first saw of his? Or maybe, better the question, the one that made you go, is it Pig? The one that made you realize you have been- Combination with this article also where he talked about how his acting was like he had what kind of acting? I wrote it down. I put it in my my. Let's see. Um, the, he has a name for his acting. It's like nouveau shaman. That's that's what <laughs> he calls his kind of acting. Nouveau shaman. Yeah. Did he explain what that means? I think he just thought it was like actors are shamans, and he put nouveau in front of it to make it sound fancy. That sounds that sounds perfect. Because of this interview that we're very excited about with you, because we do think the idea of talking about Nicolas Cage for a significant period of time is a beautiful thing. I, I went to like a giant quotes list of his, uh-huh. and it's great because to hear him just talk about anything. And one of the things he says is that he, like you're talking about good acting, He's he says that he had a realization one day that, you know, most actors that he grew up with, Spencer Tracy, you know, you know, James Dean, he's like had very distinct voices. And so then he decided to make his voice a little stylized. Like the voice he uses in acting, he's like, he there it's not. I wonder then what his actual voice he had previously. I love that he actually is like, I'm gonna just change my voice a little bit because I want to be a star. Yeah, it's so wild. He also does this thing where um I think it's called Stock. It's from a composer that was like surreal, a surrealist composer. I think his name was Stockhausen or something. And so he like, so it was supposed to be when you look at surreal things, it takes you out your brain out of the normal and sort of like makes you question everything. Like it just sort of slows your brain down. So he does, he says that there's this one moment, I can't remember what movie, but he says a word, like I'll just use the word, uh, uh, farce or something and he goes farce and he just but there's nothing like he just makes it surreal and weird for no reason for no reason just to like make to make the audience sort of like going what the hell was that mm-hmm. and that sort of takes you out of yourself and out of your viewing experience it's just it's just so art it's just so bizarrely artistic for someone who is in like face-off well, Maria, I mean, we all in acting school, we all learn this is very nouveau shaman. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not I sure what it is that's line confusing to you. His acting school. <laughs> what was the first movie you saw with him? Like, when did you first realize, like, oh, this guy's special? I want to do some sleuthing on him. I want to look into who he is as a person, not just a character. I mean, I think I saw Face Off a long time ago, but I didn't really, he just seemed like a movie star. And also that movie is such a crazy premise. That's all I remembered from it. It's amazing. It's an amazing film. I did watch it the other day in my friend's backyard in his, you know, big, beautiful in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Like every Everybody has a friend who's, who's, a, who's a filmmaker of some kind that has a beautiful backyard with a giant screen. I, I recommend all of you to move to Los Angeles because you will meet 10 of these people and they will all invite you to their backyard screenings. Uh, And we all watched it. This is a year ago. And I will say this, it does not hold up, but it is great. I was like, so excited to show my wife. I'm like, this is going to be great. And she's like, at the end of it, she's looking at me going, this is so stupid. And I'm like, I know, I know, but these two men are fantastic in it. And so amazingly over the top, 
it, because they live up to, and I, I get it, Maria, they live up to the premise because the premise is so absurd and they commit the fuck out of it. Yes. And I, I get it. And that's, I think, what you, I'm thinking I'm getting from you is yeah. Nick commits to the tilt no, ma- no matter what. <laughs> I, there, was, there was something like Peggy Sue got married. That yeah, it was one of his earlier films. Yeah, yeah, I think the Coppola directed that maybe. I can't remember. But anyway, they, I Let's remember see. reading that they wanted to fire him because he was doing like some sort of Tweety Bird kind of thing. That it was just like he had an idea of what he wanted to sound like, be like, emulate. And it was just so bizarre. Before Pig and before reading this article about where he explained his nouveau shaman act, acting and his deep desire to not be realistic, which I always think that like film acting should be realistic or like, that's what people think, you know, it should be like small. And cause I, I, I grew up in theater and comedy and I'm, I'm so, I'm so bombastic as a person in some ways. And then like, I feel like when I, sometimes when I have to act, I just like sm- make it smaller, but he doesn't feel that way at all. He's like nouveau shamaning uh, all, he's like, he's like sewing like artifacts into his clothes, into his costumes to like feel more, I don't know, feel more Nick Cage. Have you ever met him? No, I and never want to meet him. <laughs> you don't want to meet no. him? No. Why? Because th- that... Is it a meeting your heroes thing or no. you're genuinely scared of him? I'm not scared of him. But it's okay. It's a safe space. No, I'm not scared of him at all. I just first of all, I'm not cool. Like I would probably freak out on him a little bit. I don't think he would like that. And also, uh I yeah, I don't I just I don't think that he would be so he'd just be too weird for I think he's probably a bizarre person. I do a solid Nick Cage impression if we want to. Oh my roll god! What, what what are we what are we doing? So Mario, if if you were to meet me right here now, you know, why can't you look me look me in the eyes, Maria? See, look me in the eyes and just just explain explain to me what it is that just makes this something that you can't do. See? Okay, how can we? How how can I better you? How can I introduce you oh my to the to the nouveau shaman? And even you doing that is like sends me into these giggles. I I I can't. I can, I can never. I hope I never meet him. I hope I never meet him. I will. I will. I don't know. I love you, Maria. Because he's Nick Cage. Like, that's the thing. The very thing that you think he won't do is what he will do. And he'll end up being the most charming person ever. And you're just going to be like... I mean, I think he can do anything. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. Promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. 
The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. I'm curious, though, because earlier you said, okay, you know, he said this in an article and I believe him. So you are emotionally invested into the Nick Cage truth. Why is that? What aspect has you sort of pulled like that? First of all, I'm an idiot because I don't think that what he's saying is real. I think that he like part of his magic. He's like very into his own persona, too, you know, so I'm sure that a lot of the things that he's saying is just like, he's just, but so I both know that. And then I also like buy into it. You're right. I'm totally invested in what he wants to communicate about himself, which may or may not be true. Like, Does he have two cobras? First of all, I don't even know if I want to know someone who has two cobras, but like, it's so, I don't know. I just, I just like, I like an extreme person. You know, I like my life to be like a little small. I like small build. I like living in small houses. I like, I just, anyone that like is like a big artistic person that like just is blobbing out artistically all over the place is, it's fascinating to me. It's a rock star mentality that he has. You know, we like rock stars. We know we shouldn't probably be hanging with rock stars. Healthfully wise for our sanity. But we are all very much attracted. I'm very attracted to the Gallagher brothers from Oasis. Liam Gallagher is someone I should not be hanging out with. But he's someone who thinks very highly of himself and is probably an egotistical maniac. And that's the thing. But why are we attracted to these people, Maria? Like, because I get it. I'm with, we are attracted to Nicolas Cage. He's new movie, which I don't know if you've seen yet, which we'll have to talk about. The one where it's the unbearable weight of massive talent, I which is it. this of course I saw it. meta film, <laughs> which it, it's the culmination of all things Nick Cage. I wish I would have wrote it. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, writers talk about this too. It's like you you sort of like write characters that you're you're like afraid and you write you and I don't know if I'm a person that's like afraid of a lot of things or anything, but like you write because you wanna dip your toe in, but you don't want all the repercussions, you know? I don't wanna overspend by buying property everywhere and like you know, dinosaur skulls that belong to other countries that I have to I have to like give back. That's what bankrupt him. One of the things I remember that. But it's sort of like fun to think about being that reckless. And it's fun to watch people that are just that confident, right? It's both you look at them and shake your head a little, but also there is something very attractive watching men and women who are just so deeply confident in like who they are. It's a very attractive thing. I think that's the rock star mentality. I think Nick has that he's just clearly someone who just says i know who i am and even if he doesn't know who he is he doesn't know who he is better than you (laughs) like he he doubles down on whatever it is he's doing yes yes he trusts himself on some way even if it's like in this thing i read it he talked about all of his investments and like he said the best investments that he had like were things that he like unequivocally love like I'm not saying that word wrong but he bought like a comic book you know for for $150,000 a first edition I think Superman or something because he loved it he's I guess he's also a big nerd and then like via a Nick Cage story it got stolen and then he got it back and then he sold it for two million dollars 
Wow. I would like to just follow, follow all my loves, all the things that I love. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a passion leader. Yes. Yeah, he's a passion leader. There's a great quote here, uh, many quotes, because he's, he's insanely wonderful. I remember when I met Johnny Depp. I don't know if we know this Johnny Depp story. I remember when I met Johnny Depp, he was a guitar player from Florida, and he had no idea that he could be an actor. I said, I really think you are an actor, that you have that ability. That was just from playing one game of Monopoly with him. I sent him to my agent, and he has gone out to carve out a successful career. Monopoly? Apparently, this is true, though. Apparently, this really happened. And Cage was the one who gave Johnny Depp essentially, essentially his first agent, first job. And I, wow. I, it was over a Monopoly game. He was that charming. And it was um, it was a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Or St. Elmo's Fire. I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Or was, was Nightmare like the first? Yeah. Now we're talking about other insane actors that yeah. people <laughs> I don't know if I'm qualified to talk about that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, Maria, I'm curious. When do you introduce your Nick Cage, I don't know, I guess I'll just use the word fanaticism, to your significant others, to your friends, to your family? Do they all know how you feel about Nick? Are they supportive of this, you know, passion of yours? Oh, I think immediately. I think immediately. The guy I'm dating now, we I think the first thing we did was watch a Nick Cage. Like we were like, we're gonna watch we didn't do this, but we did we we started it. We're like, we're gonna watch one Nick Cage movie uh a day for a month. Ah! Can you imagine how insane we'd be? We didn't do that for our own mental health, but we did see like, you know. It's, it really runs the gamut. Like Mandy is like this really weird movie that he did in his period where he would do any movie, but it turned out really great. Port of Call New Orleans or something I think it's called is really, really weird and terrible. You know, adaptation was like when I liked Nick Cage, but not, I didn't understand him, but I was like, I love Charlie Kaufman so much. Yeah. That was a special movie. Yeah, really special movie. So you said you didn't want to meet Nick, but what if you were cast in a movie with him? <laughs> I mean, it's just the whole thing. It makes me. I would have to take a lot of beta blockers. <laughs> I would have to beta block myself to almost oblivion. Because <laughs> I would freak out. So no, I probably would. You know, I would. I would get it together. But I would need. I would need. I would need some to, to have a plan. What if you what if you had to do what if you, we had to do a romantic scene together? <laughs> Maria. Just trust me. That's not how I feel about you, Nick, but I would do it, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your love life seems very confusing to me, but <laughs> <laughs> But who am I to judge? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas, is this a movie of movies for you? You know, I haven't seen that one in a long time. That mm. one's so dark. I that's not one that I'll like go back and But did he win the Oscar appropriately, if one could say? Like cuz you know, we love him in all things, yes. but we can also acknowledge that some of the things he does when he's performing are maybe a little odd. But that we also began this whole podcast with what is good acting, which yes. I I dig this idea. There's why do we give these awards for you know subjectivity is a fascinating thing that I'm constantly you know I know why because it's a business but um, we do love just in general and all things in life giving awards yeah. awards are just 
part yes. of all subjects and all things. Ridiculous. And the, I feel like the longer you, the more Oscars and Emmys you see, you're like, oh, it really doesn't, those things like go, like disappear. Like, I, you know, like things that swept. I no, don't remember one thing about them. But did he earn it? Did he earn something extra in this movie, do you think? Or do you think I, it was just a, like any other performance? I'm not a great fanatic, I guess, because I don't re- totally remember, like, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but it's Nicolas Cage, so give him give him a statue. <laughs> you know? They did. What? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Wicker Man? Speaking of uh, tone down Nick Cage. <laughs> I think he's unhappy with that movie. I think I read that he's unhappy with that movie. He wished they had gone farther. <laughs> but that seems to be how he lives his life. They, he wishes people would go further. I mean, everything about him is the extremist. And that's. I think that's a really admirable quality. Mm-hmm. What would you like to ask him? Pretend it didn't involve meeting him. Somehow you got to like have an interaction where you were, you know, you had the beta blockers, you were controlling yourself. What would you say to him? Like, <laughs> what, what, what's the one thing you want to know from Nick? I think I'd geek out on his like acting process. Like, he just talks about it so, like how we would do in, in like. I feel like you go to drama school and then you you like you get character stuff and you write out your character wants and needs and you know what you think about uh, her or him and but then you get into the work especially in comedy and you don't really do that anymore you don't like you don't do it as much as you used to and I I'm so interested in that he has this like it seems like his process is just like he doesn't drink he like gets deep into. It must just be bizarre to live with him. So I would want to ask him about, I would want to ask him about what he does. Mm-hmm. For, and, and I'm sure it's different for every movie. All right, Maria, I got a rapid fire for you. Now you don't have to know every movie, this is, this is, but if you do, okay. we'd love to hear just like a quick sentence or response that you maybe have for it. Okay. Here we go. Con Air. <laughs> I mean, crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I spent a long time to see Con Air. Great. Gone in 60 seconds. Oh, I don't even remember that movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can pass. Uh, Raising Arizona. Oh, I mean, I feel, I feel like there was a period of my time when that Nick Cage was like the perfect man, the crazy hair. Anyway, mm-hmm. like it. Highly recommend. National Treasure. <laughs> National Treasure. <laughs> it's in the title. It's a perfect the, movie. <laughs> the perfect movie. <laughs> the perfect movie. Uh, the... <laughs> The Rock. No, don't know. Mm, 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 mm. Valley Girl. Gosh, no. Am I a fanatic? I don't know. Listen, at the beginning of this episode, we said, what is good acting? What is a fanatic? You could watch one Nick Cage movie and be a fanatic in my Yeah, opinion. it's not about you knowing the Wikipedia. It's about your passion and love. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Yes, trust Claire. Uh, and just the fact that, yeah, you're starting to date this this new gentleman and you already started with we should watch one Nick Cage oh, movie. Oh, he was into it. That's that's how that's how we <laughs> stayed together. Yeah, like, the, the glue. Nick was the glue. Was like, that's a great idea. Not like you're a psychopath. <laughs> All right, young Nick Cage versus now Nick Cage. Oh, I mean You know, 
now Nick Cage. Because he's gone through all, I mean, he's gone through all this stuff. I really am impressed that he that he worked his way out of a financial hole by doing like shitty movies. Mm-hmm. Like Billy Joel. Oh, did Billy Joel do that too? Billy Joel had a manager who like shat all his money away. And that's why he he's like tore that's why you that's why he's like does every night at Madison Square Garden for like the last 100 years oh, because wow. he just needed to make all his money back. Yeah. Sometimes that can be a good thing because it gets you out there. Yeah. That's the sweet thing like a mom would tell. <laughs> that's a good thing, honey, because then it gets you out there. You've, you've been an indoor kid too long. Get out there a little bit. People need to see more of your movies. You're good. You're so good. Thanks, mom. <laughs> All right. This has been a delight. This has been an absolute pleasure. I can't believe it's over, but it's, this is where we're at. It's like at the end of any good Nick Cage movie. I can't believe it's over. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. Could you please regale us with a love letter? Okay, yes. Okay. Uh, my dear Nicholas, dear Mr. Cage. I'm just going to keep my good <laughs> Dear Mr. Cage. <laughs> Thank you for restoring my faith in um, weird movie stars. I will see almost everything that you do and work back through your catalog. And I hope I see you at a restaurant sometime and not meet you, but what is that? Just secretly take pictures of you. (laughs) I don't know. Thank you, Nicolas Cage. Love, Maria. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> it's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity... That is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied. Like a liar. Like a liar. And if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal, or you love to hop in the Wayback Machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes, you should tune in to our podcast, Morbid. Follow Morbid on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. I love that Maria loves Nick Cage. One of my favorite lines of any movie ever comes from Raising Arizona, which is, son, you got a panty on your head. 
and then the truck speeds off. So there's very, there's a few lines in my family of Kramers that kind of like get thrown out in any conversation. That line and the line from Christmas Vacation, another one of my favorite family movies, which is Grace, she died 30 years ago. So there's, there's two of the Kramer lines, but one from a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> Nick Cage lives on within the Kramer family bloodline. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, leaving Las Vegas, it is a dark movie. I think I need to rewatch it now. And I'm, I'm, I basically am going to go on a Nick Cage ben, bender. Like, <laughs> like he went in, like he went on in leaving Las Vegas because it has sort of like spurted my reinterest in Nick Cage movies. Leaving Las Vegas is probably in the top 10 of movies for me. Like, it's a phenomenal film. And you questioned his, uh, not questioned, but you said, you threw out the question, did he deserve the Oscar? 100%. 100%. It was a good performance. Subjectively, objectively, the whole thing is what you're saying. Well, that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I guess acting is opening yourself up, opening your vessel up to things you have not lived through. But I often think that like portraying dying or death comes with so much, you know, we have so much misunderstanding around dying or death as a society and as people, we've talked about this before, that to portray that in a movie is extremely difficult, I think, because you just never, you don't know how you're, you don't know what it's going to be like. And for me, uh, being around people who've died of long illnesses or, you know, extended illnesses, there's literally one day they may seem almost fine and then they're dead like two days later. It's crazy. So to have, like, to show that, like, story and decline, I don't know, it's just very interesting. He deserved the Oscar, David. That's what I'm saying. And he got it. It happened. So God bless you, Nick Cage, because if not that movie, it would have been something else. I have my Nick Cage is very firmly rooted in Con Air, The Rock, Face Off. That is my I'm very much that is when I think Nick Cage, I immediately that's how I grew up on him in the sort of 90s Nick Cage. I don't know a lot of young Nick Cage. I've seen I think it was Moon. Oh, God, forgive me. What's the Cher movie? Moonstruck? Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Yeah. So that was sort of my introduction to young Nick Cage. Uh, I enjoy old Nick Cage. I enjoy all Nick Cage. And I was thrilled with Maria's conversation today. Just, and again, it's just the greatest podcast. People getting so into something. I don't care what it is. And let alone that it is Nick Cage. It's, uh, it's a wild time. It's a ride. Um, <laughs> and thank you for bearing with my, <laughs> with my impression. You know, I love the story about his voice and how he made that conscious decision yeah. to come up with his theatrical voice. I had not heard that before. Again, yeah. I will be Googling Nick Cage for the rest of today. Yeah. It, it'll take Boom. you down a road. That's for sure. <laughs> and speaking of, speaking <laughs> of going, going down a road, you of course can always go down a road of the fanatics podcast. We have so many episodes now. Oh, you can just eat it with a spoon. So uh, enjoy it wherever you get it, where however you're listening to it. Is it Spotify? Is it Apple? Is it SoundCloud? Do you uh, download them on Napster? We appreciate however you listen to us. Feel free to five stars it up, uh, review, subscribe, share, all the things. Major thanks from Claireville and David Land. 
And we can't wait for you to enjoy another wonderful episode next Thursday, like you do. Bye, guys. Yes. We'll see you then. Bye. And before you guys go, coming up next week on Fanatics, Caden Mueller-Jansen. She is, of course, the star of Disney Channel's new series, Villains of Valley View. And her single, Kiss Kiss Baby, was number one on Disney Radio. Uh, She's coming on to talk about her love of shopping on Amazon.com. It's a great episode, so we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Not the bees, not the bees, please, not the bees in Nick's face, not the bees, not the bees, please, it's the greatest movie scene of all time, not the bees, not the bees!